Go ahead and stay standing for me every week, right? <laughs> um, I'm going to need you guys to be a little more enthusiastic tonight because I'm not feeling it. All right, this is just a this is a tough this is a tough week. It's been uh, it's been it's been hard down here, but I know right now with the God's child yell that you're going to pick it up. So if you will repeat after me, this is something that we're going to do um, to claim our identity, and our identity is God's child. So I am God's child. I am somebody because God don't make no junk. Amen. 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 All right, y'all can have a seat. Well, I want to welcome everybody here tonight. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Matt, and I get to work with college students every week here at Aggies for Christ. And if this is your first time or if, this is, or if you're a regular, um, there's some things that I've kind of been neglecting as far as what AFC is about. I think we love these Wednesdays. We love these big group meetings of ours. We love our church across the street on Sunday mornings at 1030. It's just a huge um, uh, body of believers that really love college students well. But I've kind of been ignoring some of the things that AFC really loves. AFC really loves and believes in small groups. You can sign up for our small groups in the back at that table back there. And what small groups are is this way for us to get out of this setting right here. This is no time to have a conversation. If, if you do um, talk to me, I'm either going to make fun of you or ignore you. So this is not a great time for that. But there is questions that we have about the faith. And there's good opportunities in our small groups to ask these questions, to study the word to God, and to do community together. The other thing that we really believe in is we believe in coffee. And I know a lot of you believe in coffee as well, but we believe in getting to go, um, coffee together as believers to talk about important things, one-on-one <laughs> -on -one meetings. We believe that... Uh, um, you know, myself, I'm, av I'm available for coffee. Uh, the interns are available for coffee. Melissa and Adam, they're available. And there's 20 group leaders in here that would love to take you for a cup of coffee to talk about all things life, Netflix, and Jesus, okay? So there's, there's a lot of people in this room that really care about you. It's something we believe in. Um, lastly, we believe in, uh, we believe in community, like genuine community together. We have this thing called the AFC Lounge. It's in the hallway, um, in this classroom hallway down the, down the hallway over here. And at the lounge, we have couches and Wi-Fi and free printing and free coffee. And it's open all week long. As long as the church is open, you guys are welcome to use that because we believe in hanging out together. This, we have a great community of believers that we enjoy being each other's friends too. I mean, this group, likes to, uh, this group likes to go to Aggie sporting events together. We like being at the football games together. We like going and eating together. There's a, there's a group of people that like going uh, country dancing together on the weekends, and they stay out far too late and far too late for me, but they, they dig it. They love it. They love doing life together. And so if you found yourself in here tonight looking for a family, looking for a place to belong, um, I, I think you found one. This is a special place. But more so than anything, more so than coffee, small groups, the lounge, just hanging out, whatever it is, more so than anything, we believe in the big drum roll. We believe in Jesus. All right, we believe Jesus was a real man that really walked this earth, that he was the son of God, that he lived a perfect life, that he died a painful death on the cross for our sins, and uh, three days later he rose again. And we believe that once you, incur once you encounter Jesus, once you have a meeting with God, once you experience um, the Holy Spirit and his grace and his truth and his mercy, once you have that experience, you immediately have a story to tell. Right as you meet Jesus, you have a story to tell about your life prior to meeting him, about lack of purpose, about, about aimlessness. You have a story to tell immediately. What we call that in the Christian circles, we call that a testimony. We call that a testimony. And so testimony is the word that we're going to be looking at tonight, and it's in our definition series. Now what this definition series is all about, it's about you taking this Christian lingo that we use so, so much, 
and really trying to understand some of these words that maybe we don't understand so well. And that's okay. It's just we're going to dive into it a little bit. So the first week we looked at the word sin. Right, we said like, okay, well, what is sin? We know like God has this moral code for us that we don't want to, we don't want to go against the laws that God commanded. That's a good one, but we kind of, we kind of boiled it down to this, that sin is the separation between God and man. Okay, then last week after we did the, after we did the really hard sin study, last week we talked about grace. And what makes Christianity different is this idea of grace, this God who accepts us as acceptable even though we are unacceptable. Okay, even though all this sin that we studied before, God accepts us as acceptable even though we are unacceptable. If you, uh, if you put these two things together alone, if you put the, the story of sin together and the, and, the, and the fullness of grace that our God has, you already have a pretty good story to tell. I mean, it really gives us a, it really gives us a solid testimony, a good jumping off point. And like I said, the second you experience God is when you have that story ready. The Bible says that we should have this story as well. Can we go to our first slide? Psalm 66, 16 says this, Come and hear all who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. Luke 8, 39 says this. This is when Jesus was talking to a demon-possessed man that he had just performed an exorcism to. Okay? Jesus said this, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. In 2 Timothy, we see this. We see, uh, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. And he says, do not be ashamed of your testimony. Do not be ashamed of your story. And lastly, the psalmist says again in Psalm 71, he says, O God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation your power to all those to come. Dictionary.com would define testimony like this. A public recounting of a religious conversion or experience. A public recounting of a religious conversion or experience. I had this, uh, I had this big plan tonight to bring in somebody that was going to give their testimony, and it was going to be super powerful, and I was very excited about it. Um, but life happens, and they're not here. And so I woke up this morning uh, yet again without a sermon, uh, but I never wake up without a story to tell. So this is my story. My name is Matt Schock. I'm 24 years old. I'm from the bustling metropolis of Alamogordo, New Mexico. That's right. I'm the son of uh, Alan and Linda Schock. I'm the older brother of Eric and Emily Schock, who are actually both in AFC. My brother is the one that plays drums, and my sister is a little, one, is a little freshman that all the guys have crushes on this year in AFC. <laughs> that's, my, that's my little sister. I grew up in a, I grew up in a Christian home. My, uh, my, dad has a, uh, my dad has a simple faith, but he has a very pure faith. He, uh, he really, uh, he loves the Lord, and he is just an inherently good man. He's always believed. He's always believed. My mom is a Bible scholar. My mom loves the Word of God. Um, she loves teaching people the Word of God. She loved making me and my brother write memory verses when we got in trouble. That was our punishment, to write out memory verses. That was my mom's story, to really beat in us the Word of God. 
when I get to heaven, one of the first things I'm going to ask God is when was I saved? Because I really, I, I, I don't know. I don't know at what age God holds us accountable, uh, accountable to these things. Um, but if it, was, if it has anything to do with going to church every Sunday and doing every VBS between here and Albuquerque, then, then yeah, I was probably saved. I knew all the memory verses. I got all the prizes. That was, that was just our life as a Christian family. Uh, but in retrospect, looking back at like the end of my ha- high school career and as college started, um, I started realizing some things that were taking idolatry in my life, the things I was putting too much importance on. So um, I, was, uh, I started getting pretty good at basketball. Um, I could really just shoot that thing from like 30, 40, 50 feet away. I mean, I could really shoot the ball. Um, I guess you're just going to have to take my word for it. Emily was far too young to remember, and Eric thinks he's better than me, so he wouldn't be a good source of information to ask. Um, but, yeah, I mean, basketball really became an idol in my life. I was interested in the Almagro Tigers winning every single basketball game that we stepped on the floor. It was just all I wanted was to win and to score a lot of points and have my face in the paper, too. That was important to me, too. Um, basketball really started taking a, a big role in my life. Uh, junior year of high school, I thought it was cool that a senior girl was crushing on me, and so, uh, and so I entered into a sinful dating relationship. Now, when I say sinful dating relationship, let's just say that um, 24-year-old campus minister Matt would not approve of what 17-year-old um, junior in high school Matt was doing with his girlfriend. So um, I was in a sinful dating relationship, and she had soon became my idol to the point where um, I did not need basketball anymore. I for went playing college ball and I came and followed her to New Mexico State because she was here a year before me. We weren't here for an entire year um, until, uh, until she broke my heart. She dumped me out of nowhere and uh, you know when we had got here you know I started drinking a little bit. Um, Emily I've already told mom this story so don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, uh, I started drinking a little bit um, we started parting a little bit. Parting wasn't a huge deal to me because I already had the girl, you know, so it wasn't a huge deal. But, um, but yeah, I started, I started drinking and partying and uh, still had kept the idol in my life of, of having fun with my sinful relationship. Um, she broke up with me. She crushed me. She destroyed me. Um, she left me at a place. Um, I describe it as a God-sized hole. I don't know if you've ever heard anybody say something like that, but I had this hole inside me that... Uh, Uh, that I tried to fill with other stuff. When you have this emptiness, when you have this void in your life, if you can't fill it with something good, um, something bad's gonna happen. So I started filling it with bad, bad. Um, A little bit of drinking became a lot of bit of drinking. It wasn't just when we partied, it became, you know, just because we were home and there was alcohol in the fridge. It became a lot of drinking. Um, Partying was something, a little bit of partying turned into a lot of bit of partying. Thursday through Sunday night and another night of the week if we could get everybody together um, is what we tried to do. Um, It was was crazy. Um, The hole that one girl left, I tried to fill with multiple, multiple, multiple girls. That became the name of the game, um, was chasing girls, and that's that's just all I knew. That's all I knew. And the little bit of drinking became um, the lot of bit of drinking, which became the little bit of drugs. And it's just, it's just how it was. That was uh, my life for a while. Now, if you want to hear the part of the story where I, I hit rock bottom, that's just not exactly it. I, um, I had a really good job. I was working for the city of Las Cruces, and I started getting a lot of promotions. I was making money. I had more money in my bank account then as a 19-year-old than I do now. Um, I was doing well. My truck started every time I wanted it. If I wanted to go out to eat, I went out to eat. If I wanted a new hat, I got a new hat. It really didn't matter. My life was, uh, you know, I bought a house at 19. Like, things were, things were rolling. Things were rolling. But I had this uh, lack of purpose. That's, how I, that's, that's the only way I can describe it. That's the best way to describe my life before was a lack of purpose. 
there was uh, there was a night where we threw this party, and it was um, it was one of the biggest parties I've ever been to. And it was at my house. We had a DJ come. We had uh, we had guys that ran security for us. I mean, it was it was crazy. Um, you guys ever heard of the show Campus PD? It's like cops, but for college shows or whatever. Um, they put out a sign in front of my house that said they were going to start filming my house as it was getting busted. So I mean, like cops were coming to bust it. I mean, it was absolutely um, an insane night. Um, so we woke up the next morning. We were the big men on campus, me and my roommates, and uh, we got a text from somebody, one of our friends who was there with us that night, um, and we were somewhat close, but, uh, but he, in, uh, he invited us to lunch. He said, I need to take you guys to lunch. I need to talk to you about something. And we're like, we're like, yeah, we do a good party. He's about to just buy us lunch, you know? Um, but he sat us down, and he, he bought our food for us, and it was, it was very nice of him. He held all of our attention very well, and he said, uh, he said guys, I need to apologize. He said, last night, I, um, he said, first and foremost, I'm a Christian man who claims that God has done something in my life, and I was not behaving as a Christian man behaves last night. I was smoking, drinking, and trying to hook up with girls, and I'm so ashamed this morning of what I did. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I mean, this kid right now, like, I'm not even sure where he's at in his faith. He kept partying and stuff, and I'm not sure where he's at um, with his walk right now, but what he did for me that day, um, he rocked me to my core. That was it for me as far as parting went. I didn't need it anymore. It didn't make sense to me anymore. Um, I put that away. I still had, but just got a little parting didn't mean I didn't have the gap still. Still had the hole, right? So I, uh, so I knew because of my Christian background that a good place to start would have been the church. Would have been the church. So I, uh, I actually knew a couple families here at UCC. I used to come and play basketball here on Thursday nights. We used to have open gym every Thursday night. And uh, we'd come here and we'd play basketball, and in between games, I'd be sending out the text, like, where are we going to party? You know, that was, the, that was what was going on. But I knew a couple people here because of basketball, and I knew a couple families that were here. Um, and so uh, I came to church one Sunday morning with the Adler family. And uh, what's really kind of beautiful about this whole thing is um, the Adler's youngest son is sitting right here. His name's Jeff. He's the handsome, tall, skinny kid back there. But, uh, but his family took me in at UCC. They took me in, and they, uh, they let me stand and worship with them. They took me out to lunch, and they really made me feel at home. They really made me feel at home. Uh, it was at UCC where um, I think it, was, it, it was, definitely wasn't the preaching. Like, I don't think preaching's that important, to be honest. It was the worship, and it was the family environment that I had there, and it was this family that had really brought me in and made me feel comfortable. And, uh, and so UCC became home very quickly, and I had an experience with God that uh, it turned me around. I have not looked back since that Sunday morning uh, at UCC across the street. So I work at AFC, but it was actually UCC that, that did the trick, right? We, uh, I, started, uh, I started coming around AFC a little bit more. Um, it was something I knew I needed to be involved with. I knew I needed to be around Christian believers that were my age to really keep this thing going. And um, a, a kid named Rick pulled me in, and he never let me go. Another beautiful thing about right now is Rick's younger brother sitting right here in the second row. His name's Ty. He's the handsome, skinny kid. We've got a lot of handsome, skinny kids here. <laughs> but this is Ty right here. Um, and the fact that you two are here, uh, I just don't know if you know what it means to me, uh, the legacy that your family had in my life. And so it's kind of full circle that you guys are here tonight and a ministry where I get to preach at week in and week out. So it's, it's kind of special. So, uh, so Rick pulled me in. He uh, really started to um, show me that community with Christians isn't just, uh, isn't just reading the Bible and not going out. We had a lot of fun. Rick was one of the best influences I've ever had in my life. And uh, he pulled me into AFC and eventually to put the cherry on top of this whole story, um, Rick baptized me a couple years ago. 
um, just to really kind of celebrate everything that had been done. I'd been sprinkled with water as a Methodist growing up, but I'd never been fully immersed in baptism, and I thought it was a gift that God had given us to be baptized, and so, um, so Rick baptized me uh, in February of that year. So it was, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy to see Ty and Jeff here. Like, it is, it is full circle. It's really kind of special. And now I have this job where I get to come every single week and I get to stand right here um, at this super sweet podium with this awesome Britney Spears mic and I get, to, uh, I, got, I get to bring the message to you. I get to tell you about what God's done in my life, um, what scripture says. And like I said, I, I wasn't supposed to give my testimony tonight. I woke up this morning with uh, not one single word on paper about what I was going to say, um, but the fact of the matter is Regardless of if I had a sermon ready or not, I always have a story ready of what God did in my life. And it's that story that you just heard. I, uh, I, this didn't come from like some Christian bookstore, like this story. This didn't come just straight from the Bible. Like, of course, truths about the Bible are, are within my story, but it's not anything that I read. It's not anything that I studied. It didn't come from another preacher. It came from, this is me trying to tell you my story. This is the, the truth about how God changed my life, and I haven't looked back. So as a preacher, now that I've been preaching for a little over a year now, I've been told by some individuals in this room that I'm starting to develop these catchwords, these things that I say kind of over and over um, that I repeat in my speech. And one of the words that um, is really funny to me because I know that I do it, but it's pointed out to me last week is the words, I get it. I get it. I, I say it a lot. You guys chuckle. That's, that's good. Um, usually when I say these words, like, I get it. Like, I get it. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to level with you guys. And I hope after you heard my story tonight, you can see why I think I can level with most of you. I, uh, I, I went crazy. I knew where every party was at. I was a pretty popular guy on campus. Um, I had things that the world said would be good things. Um, and I've also done this church thing. I've done this God thing, I've done this Christian thing, and uh, now that I've seen both, week in and week out, I can get up here and I can tell you which one is better. I can tell you which one is better, and it's this one right here. It's this one where we step into the presence of God every week. It's this one where I get to go and read his word every morning. I get to share a cup of coffee with Jesus every day. I can tell you from experience which one is better. So I get it. I get it. I've been where you are. School is hard. You're paying a lot of money to go to school here. I, I get it. Uh, bills are due. You have to keep the lights on. I get it. Relationships are hard. Everybody else in the room is getting wifed up. Like, I, I get it. I get it. Um, for some of you, athletics is your job. Um, for other of you in the room, athletics is your passion. Um, I get it. I'm leveling with you right now. But if I had to be with you. Um, one thing that I really struggle with with the people in this room is I really have a desire to be liked. I have a desire that every one of you in the room really, uh, that you like me, that you like what I say to you, and sometimes that comes off as me being kind of, that I kind of sugarcoat things. I kind of sugarcoat things. I might say I get it too much, but what I get more than anything, what I get more than anything is what God's done in my life. 
what I get more than anything is the, is the fact that when I hold a baby, when I hold a newborn baby, I can't just, I can't play with those fingers and look at those fingernails. I can't say it, that there's not a God. When I step out into creation, I can't look up and I can't say like, wow, this is um, the stars at Elephant Butte Lake. That's what does it for me. I can't, I can't look at that canopy of stars and say, wow, like, there's no God. Like, I can't do it. I'm real big into, uh, I'm real big into reading these books, um, these big, fat, lame, dense books about the evidence of God. Like, I, I can't, I, I love this kind of stuff. I like, like, using my mind, I've put together these things that just make sense and this heart change that God gave me to where, um, to where I believe in this stuff. And I believe in it too much to not say hard things sometimes. And I'm sorry, I want to be gentle. I want you all to like me. I really do, but more than anything, I want everybody in this room to know God. Amen? And I believe in the hope that being a Christian brings. When I, have, when I see super hard things in a week, I just, got some, I just got some friends that are under attack right now. This church is so healthy right now, like AFC and UCC, like so much good things are going on right now. Like Satan's just attacking this place right now and like, like bring it on. Like there's so much good that's happening here. But when I see hard things in people's lives, when I see people making bad decisions on the weekends, when I see people falling away from truth that they know, it just, it shows me how important this story really is. The importance of the, the story of the cross the story of what God's doing in our lives, what God's doing in your life if you're saved, if you're a Christian, like I can't put away how important this story is. The good news of what God's done in your life, it matters. It matters. There's a C.S. Lewis quote that I'd like to read right now. It says, Christianity, if false, is of no importance, and if true, of infinite importance. The only thing... It cannot be as moderately important. My life for a little bit had faith of no importance, but most of it, it was, a, it was a life of moderate importance. And so when I, see, when I see things where faith is of moderate importance in people's lives, it really, uh, it rocks me. It rocks me because we know there's one thing that it's not, and it's not moderately important. So if there's one thing that I just don't get, it's a faith walk that is moderately important. can't get that. So that's my story. And there's probably two types of people in the room that after hearing this, uh, there's two trains of thought that's going on. Um, One, like I know, like I didn't have like super big loss in my family. I didn't have cancer or, um, or, you know, home getting destroyed or anything. There's nobody in tears right now. But if, if there, there is a group of people in the room that maybe my testimony had an impact on you. Maybe a testimony, the story of what God's done in your life, maybe it had an impact on you. It's where you're like, wow, like God's really doing real things in people's lives, not just something we read in an article somewhere. I hope that for you, if you're in that group. Or maybe, maybe you're walking with the Lord right now and things are good. Maybe you get coffee with Jesus every morning. Maybe you're reading your scriptures and maybe tonight you're reminded of the importance of your story, of your testimony. If that's you, people need to be taken to coffee. People need to be told the importance of this story because there's too much hurt in this world not to do so. 
people need to be taken to coffee. People need to hear your story, and you're more equipped than you think. You're more prepared than you think. You don't want to preach in front of a thousand people. I get it. I get it. But tell your story. But tell your story. And if you're here tonight and you need to pray with somebody, um, myself and the interns, we're going to be in the back to pray with you. Um, like I said, there's 20 other leaders in the room that would love to pray with you. If it's time to start your testimony over or to start it for the first time, we're here for you. Um, we'd love to be that for you. I want to leave you with the words of the psalmist one more time. Come and hear all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. Will you pray with me? God, there is, um, there is a lot of hurt uh, going around right now. There's a lot of insecurities and doubt and uncertainty, and uh, it, I, just, I just feel it. I feel it right now. I feel Satan trying to attack this place. But God, I also know that you've given us a story. You've given us a purpose. You've given us a meaning that far surpasses everything else in this life. And on my weakest days, I know that I have hope in that cross. I know that I have hope in what your son did for me, and I'm extremely thankful for that, God. And I pray for every single person in this room tonight. If there's people in this room who this testimony affected, God, I pray that they come to know you tonight. I pray that they come to know you tonight. If there's people in this room that are walking with you that need to tell their testimony a little bit more, I pray that those people find the boldness to tell of what you've done, to not be ashamed of what you've done in in their lives. God, we thank you most of all for your son and what he did on the cross. And it's in his name I pray. Amen.